Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, all Mike Bloom here. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up on this week's Fargo podcast. Uh, we were rip-roaring, ready to go through the first half with our usual panel, myself, Grace, and LaTanya. Fortunately, about at the 30-minute mark, uh, Grace had to get called away to attend to some other business, and so uh, she ends up dropping off the podcast, and myself and LaTanya continue until the end. So if Grace's voice uh, doesn't pipe up for the last like 25 to 30 minutes of the podcast, that's why I do mention it at the end of the podcast, but that's a bit of a just-so-you-know. So hope you all enjoy this week's episode and let's take it away well hey there and welcome to post show recap coverage of fargo season five my name is mike bloom and we are back for the second week but third episode of Fargo Season 5. Look, we complain when people put up their Christmas decorations too early, but we don't complain when they celebrate Halloween a month after the fact, as we are doing in this episode. It's all Hallow's Eve, as Roy Tillman would say. And here I am to commune with my own wide-open gods in the form of this podcast panel, here to break down Fargo each and every week. Of course, let me start with the great Grace Leader. Grace, how are you? 
Oh, I'm doing great. I just I just got to go to this funeral and I don't know what they want me to do, but it's okay. I should you, be fine. It's do you have fine. an empty stomach, Grace? I yeah. No, no unfortunately I I, I filled up before. <laughs> Well, you better make some room and open your pockets as well for one little penny to drop okay. into it. But a very costly penny, as it were. Of course, we are also joined by Latanya Starks. LT, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited to see that old Munch really lived up to his name. <laughs> wow. True. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. It does make sense. From the medieval times, which uh, we will certainly talk about that scene that is set in said times. Wasn't it the case that last names were often derived from the job you had? Yeah. Like the reason why Smith was so popular is because it would be the name of if you were a blacksmith or a woodsmith, etc. Yep. Uh, leaders, I believe, are like uh, carriage drivers. Um, so, oh. yeah. yeah. We were like Bloom. at the front. We're leading. Yeah. Yeah. Blooms were just, were just flowers. Oh, no. It was just the names of people that were also flowers. My grandfather was a flower. And... <laughs> so of course, we're a long line of flowers. Yeah, of course, we're talking about a show, though, that nary a flower is to be seen. It's much more about the snow this week, even though it is Halloween. Bit of an early snow, especially for 2019. But a lot is falling right now, including the bodies. They're about to hit the floor in more ways than one is. We're building to quite the cliffhanger at the end of this. We thought Home Alone had already happened in Fargo. I think we're in for a dual Home Alone coming in next week, and we're not lost in New York. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that I've seen this before. It's like a, a double cliffhanger, but the cliffhanger is the same thing. It's a double home invasion. It's very intriguing. Yeah, so we are going to get into it all, because obviously with episode three, there's a lot of WTF involved. And LT, while we're trying to, like, chart the trajectory of Fargo, it's tough because we haven't had a new set of episodes to talk about in a number of years. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. What was your own reaction to a lot of stuff that was happening in this episode? Did it take a little while for you to, like, get assimilated back into those waters of, like, oh, yeah, Noah Hawley can just do random stuff that <laughs> defies any sort of realistic implications? Yeah, it did take me a second. When the text flashed on the screen, for example, that we were going back 500 years, I was like, what? <laughs> he lives here now. I, I want to know more about that. Um, and, and then to see his face, whether it's literally him and he's just like that old or if it's like an ancestor, uh, was wild. It was, it was really cool. And I love when Fargo gets supernatural. Um, especially because of like the whole sin eater thing. This season is all about debt and what's cosmically owed mm. to people. So, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, uh, this has not always been something Fargo has done, but basically since the first season where they're like, okay, we basically did our version of the movie. Now can I do a bunch of crazy shit? We have kind of had that element in each of the subsequent seasons. Season two, of course, had the Deus Ex Alien Machina in the penultimate episode. Season three, they basically went to like this purgatorial heavenly bowling alley where the wandering Jew was literally a character. Season four, there was an actual poltergeist that was hosting, uh, haunting one of the families. And so, yeah, Grace, we are sort of just doing the classic haunts in a manner of speaking, along with the Halloween theming by going back to uh, some very odd pagan ritualistic traditions that are actually rooted in history. I love it so much. I think that the the thing I love about season one is is the you know the juxtaposition of sort of 
you know, as we said, like Minnesota nice. Uh, and then, and then the true crime element. And I kind of love this like added thing that Fargo has been doing since season two of the weird supernatural uh, to just like overlay on top of that. For me, it extremely, it works extremely well. This is my favorite type of like thing. As I said, Fargo is one of my favorite shows uh, uh, ever. Certainly that season one is like elite, elite television to me. Um, and it's funny cause that doesn't include this stuff, but I do like when it gets weird and I don't know what I'm watching and it feels like I've never seen it on TV before. And yet it's adding, so much to the story so i'm i'm actually a huge fan of of uh of what we got in this episode yeah well not to mention that it it's nice meals for us to sup on right that everything mm -hmm. is not necessarily straightforward i mean latanya you and i talked about the last season of barry earlier this year mm -hmm. if you can believe that was earlier this year and yeah. especially that last season very much blurred the lines between fantasies and realities and even outside of the old munch stuff like we're gonna have to talk about if roy tillman and Dottie lynch have like some sort of psychic connection that allows him to see where she is and vice versa <laughs> Yeah, that it's always weird how he just, you know, smokes a little weed and like gets into a trance and then all of a sudden he can see his uh, one of his many ex-wives. Did you all see how many pictures of him were oh, on yeah. the wall? She's at least number three from what I was counting. Yeah, me too. Uh, all very weird stuff. But you would imagine that someone like Roy Tillman would be able to form cosmic connections with people, right? Yeah, exactly. I think these are magic nipple rings. <laughs> Yeah, they're just more so div divination rods, right? When they're pointing yeah. out, they're like able to detect where the wives are. That's why he's always got to have a shirt off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we have a lot to dig up, uh, much like that hole that old Munch did. But let's start with a quick plot recap of episode three of Fargo, The Paradox of Intermediate Transactions. I don't know why we're titling episodes this season like they're community episodes, like they're courses you would take at a college. Uh, actually, I think we had the tragedy of the commons as the title for the first episode, which is an economic concept about basically like if there's one shared resource, everyone's just going to plunder it for their own selfish benefit, which is Fargo in a nutshell. But quick plot recap for episode three. Sheriff Roy Tillman has his sights set on two targets, his ex-wife Nadine, a.k.a. Dot, and Old Munch. He sends his son Gator after Old Munch, believing that he won't let him out of his grasp for a third time. And Gator removes all the evidence from the gas station incident file, but is caught by Wit Farr. Meanwhile, Dot and Wayne tally up a hefty bill at Gun World. However, the one-week mandatory waiting period for the guns means Dot will have to settle for pepper spray. The family heads out for Halloween with Wayne as a zombie and Dot and Scotty as zombie hunters. Meanwhile, Lorraine and Danish tell Indira to let her kidnapping investigation go. After all, the police are just gatekeepers trying to keep the others out. But once inside, they have no jurisdiction. Finally, Old Munch holes up at his mother's house. In a flashback, we see a man who looks strikingly similar to him participate as a sin eater at a funeral 500 years ago. Back in 2019, Munch kills a goat and smears himself in blood while chanting in Latin. Everything culminates on All Hallows' Eve. Retreated to a pretty hardcore monta montage as Roy prays in a church and calls Dot with a sing-songy message of warning, his wife puts their twins to bed, and Gator arrives in Minnesota. We end on the cliffhanger of a possible double home invasion as Gator and his goons spot the lions heading back in their home, and Mulch, who's made out of mud and blood, walks into the Tillman house. And that's what happened on Fargo Season 5, The Paradox of Intermediate Transactions. 
I mean, listen, we got to start with the goat in the room here. <laughs> the flashback, the sin eating, yeah. everything. For those that are not indoctrinated, which does include myself as of about two hours ago, Grace, talk a bit about what sin eaters were and hopefully are not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a it's it is a real thing. This is based on a real ritual that that happened, where um, they would pay these uh, poor people, essentially the, the the lesser off, to come to a funeral of a of a wealthy individual, and you know eat this, the, you know consume something uh, that typically is like you know the plate might be on the body, and then they would take it and they would eat it. And the idea is that they are consuming the sins of the dead, so that that dead person can go into the afterlife sin free essentially and the payment there to the to the individual now they are bestowed all of the sins uh you know by consuming it um they they now live with those sins instead of the person who has passed on and goes to heaven it what an amazing metaphor uh i don't know how no holly like found <laughs> this thing um i'm, I'm it, very fearful of how he found this thing <laughs> yeah search that check that man's google search history well because, i don't uh, know maybe yeah. he was watching succession because i do remember like doesn't jerry reference oh, the senators at maybe. a certain point when she tells I, tom to like take the fall for the cruise line stuff right so yeah it's this this great metaphor then the and then they added like right obviously this idea of these people who sin in their life and then think that like there's this way in which you can you can put off your sins to uh, people that you believe to be lesser to and you can do it through the form of the capital that you've accumulated by sinning in your life and then this added thing of like yeah is that much and has he just been living for 500 years and it's uh, incredible and wild and i love it yeah i mean latanya gives a new definition to eat the rich <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately it does. Uh, whatever he was eating looked disgusting also. Yeah, so I believe the tradition, which actually did originate in Wales, so it ends up working that Sam Spruill, who's also a British actor, was like mm -hmm. not having to stray too far away, even though his accent is still a little implacable. Uh, it, looked at, it looked like almost used or half-eaten bread, and then you drink beer as well. That sort of is like the wine and wafers of this mm -hmm. transubstantiation. Yeah, I, I mean... Munch being 500-year-old Sin Eater would explain a lot of things. Um, it would definitely explain... I don't know. It raises a lot of questions for me. <laughs> yeah. Am I bringing immortality into Fargo? Why not? Why not? I think it would be hilarious to do so. Just as hilarious as some of the needle drops, by the way. Smack My oh. Bitch Up was one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to take that one out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is one of the most wackadoo things the show has done honestly what it reminded me of and i'll call back to another 2023 series i got the pleasure of talking about was mrs davis which would just like mm, do random yeah. time cuts or so we thought in the middle of scenes that was bananas to me that it's just here at comes... least it wasn't a shoe commercial, Mike. Oh my god. <laughs> we don't know. There's a couple of wild wings. We won't find out until the end of the season, perhaps. I'm really intrigued though, because we got this like almost Hitchcockian, you know, reference to going upstairs to, you know, old Munch and his mother, him sitting in the rocking chair. And then it cuts to 500 years earlier. What are we doing? They're chanting in Latin. Is this old Munch? Is this somebody else? Again, such a deep pull to go from. But Grace, I think you make really salient points about how much this applies to like 
the hyper-capitalistic structure that exists not only in our society, but really manifested in the character of Lorraine and the like trademark Fargo bloviating metaphor-filled speech we're going to get in this episode where she basically tells Indira like, yeah, you realize that any authority you have basically stops with my net worth, right? Like I'm in a tax bracket where I am untouchable. And in fact, I am in charge of you. And so, yeah, you look at this ceremony and you say, wow, how archaic, how ridiculous that you think poor people could just eat rich person's food that lies on their dead body and think that they're consuming their sins for money. But really looking at some of the stuff that we do nowadays, the rich, I would not be surprised if they paid poor people to like, you know, set up promises to eat half eaten food off their corpses eventually. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, there's also, I think it plays into everything. And and one thing I do really love about this choice is that I, I thought like all Munch as a character was like perfectly cast as like what, like, you know, weird looking henchmen. And then, and, and so I'm, you know, and then he, he obviously gets a bigger story by the end of episode two, where he's like out for revenge because Gator was going to kill him. And then he's like, how about, do you want more? Do you want more information about Munch? I was like, oh man, I didn't know I wanted that, but I definitely want that. Um, I was not expecting like a character dive this deep into this particular character, but I, but I do quite like it. And then the way it ties into Roy and, and dot, and, and there was so much last in the, in, in sort of the premiere week of those first two episodes about what is owed to you, um, mm -hmm. and, and deals and agreements and keeping your end of bargains, right. Um, uh, that's, uh, such heavily played into. So there's not just this capitalist, well, I mean, all this, you know, a lot of that is capitalist metaphor anyway, or, or, or commentary, but now this idea of this is essentially a deal that gets put in place between, um, these, these rich folks and, and this individual, the, the sin eater themselves that like they are taking on all the sin and what is keeping up your end of the deal other than like letting that sin run on the world right uh in the form of modern day uh old munch so i i quite enjoy it uh, a fair bit i think it's like very layered and this is the type of show stuff I, I really love for my television so let's plant some stakes in the ground here uh, and try to figure out exactly what we're dealing with lt is old munch immortal do you think he is the same person that we saw 500 years ago or does is the seed strong in this bloodline <laughs> uh judging from all of the children the royal children the seed is very strong in like the british bloodlines i love how out there it would be if he was immortal like the, i i'd want that to be what his deal is um, I want that to be the reason for kind of his stilted way of speaking mm. or why he knows this ritual uh, that he practices at the end of the episode. Um, I, I really do think that it does explain some things about this weird anomaly of a character. So I really, really want him to be immortal. I want Noah Hawley to have gone there. Yeah, I see that perspective. I would kind of want him to not be immortal because while I agree the symbolism and just wackadoo aspects would be so much fun, I also love the thematic aspect of he's just a guy who thinks that he is like inherited down with this, the weight of the world of centuries upon centuries of sins. And like, this is his tragedy, his punishment that he must carry forward. You know, we are dealing from a certain aspect this season with the idea of generations 
with parents and children, ancestor and descendants between uh, Gator and Roy, certainly between Lorraine and Wayne. And so I think it could be fun as well, especially on that dark comic note, if like, Old Munch dies at the end of this season. It's like, oh no, he was just a dude, Grace. He thought a lot about himself, but he was just a regular, regular guy covering himself in goat blood. I'm going to. Uh, there's a stake that you both planted, and I'm going to like sit on the fence that's built right in the middle and do both. And I actually don't know that we need an answer to this question. I think mm. it's very, very fun. The idea that you can plan, and and this does have to be pulled off effectively. But Fargozashi, I think, can do it where it's kind of more fun if we never know the answer to that. So I think like we're in that world, like Mike and you can both be like potentially satisfied with the idea of like, and you can continue to be like, it's, it's way more interesting and clearly he's immortal or it's like, no, it's way more interesting if he's not immortal. Um, and, and if we don't really get proof either way, um, I think for me is kind of where, where I'm at that it's often, this is like when you, when you see the monster in the horror movie and you're like, Oh, I don't know if I like it. You know, I don't know. I, now I'm not scared yeah. of the monster. I, I think it could be more fun to live in the, in the world where we actually never find out. I know that's very much like an on the fence answer, but well, I'll, I'll press answer. you. I'll press you with a follow-up. Do you sit one way or the other as to whether or not that older woman that comes home to this guy creaking above her is his mother or is this just some random lady? I think it's better if it's his mother, but it's way funnier if it's not his mother. <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to say, if it's his mother, that leans towards my theory. If it's uh -huh. not, unless she's also immortal, that would lean mm -hmm. towards LT's theory. Apparently or Sam Spruill improvised yeah. that mama line. Oh, okay. Noah Hawley's like, shit, I got to write up a whole backstory now. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the thing for me is like, I don't know, you know, the answer again about whether it's his mother or or not his mother is different than I think the idea that they are related and know each other somehow or whether they just don't know. It. Like, how much do they know each other? I think is like, for me, the interesting piece because mm. he does, he does like kind of like what he says, like, I, what does he say? I live here now. <laughs> yeah, I live here now. I live here, I live now. here now. And she's kind of like, eh, not worth it to fight. You know, this is. It's not worth the battle to call the cops, but she does seem like she might do it at first. And she's like, ah, I'm just going to go back and sit down. And so for me, the question is like, what, what is their relationship? Obviously a mother son thing is interesting, but if there is some like, uh, you know, seemingly Munch had to learn this like goat ritual from, from somewhere like, like, you know, what is the extent of their relationship? I think, I think is pretty, is pretty interesting. I would, I would lean towards that's not his mother. Um, hmm. Because I think, again, I also think that that's more interesting. Um, yeah, there's more mystery uh, to unravel. LT, let's go from Hitchcock to uh, to Kubrick. I certainly got yeah. a lot of shining tone, yes. especially from what started the montage of him just laying in that bed. You know, uh, fabrics over the lamps, shaded in red, as he's surrounded by police chatter and all the articles about Roy. That the cinematography this season is so beautiful, so good. It's really good. so good, and uh, you know. Even like the the music from The Shining, or at least the like motif of it, was playing at the end when the two the dual home invasions invasions happened. So I was being a big fan of horror. I'm loving this season because there's so much about it that harkens back to like a old fashioned slasher kind of movie, um, or some psychological horror like The Shining. And you know they they're even like using a lot of references to a nightmare before christmas in this season yeah which is really interesting i want to talk about that actually uh, but before that anything else you want to say about old munch never never stop following your dreams old munch. <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly, goals. <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring up Nightmare Before Christmas, LT, because, again, first, you could uh, really tell this is a Disney property, because otherwise the mouse would have sued the pants off of this show for allowing their characters to be on the mass of these, you know, goons. But Noah Hawley said in an interview, which uh, one of the many reasons I'm glad the strike is over is we get these sort of postmortems with the creators, actors, etc. Hawley has actually drawn comparisons between Gator and the mask of the character that he is wearing in Jack Skellington. He said, Jack is someone who, much like Joe Keery's character, is trying to be something he's not, which is an evil, scary dude when really he's a softie. There's just too much pressure on Gator, and he's always trying to live up to those expectations, while at the same time, deep down with a different father, he would have been a kind soul. It's the sins of the father, right? And whether Joe's character is going to be able to get out from under the burden of and reject what toxic, what's toxic about his lineage. LT, I'll be honest, I think that's a very generous read of Gator <laughs> at this moment from the creator. Yeah, seriously, I don't attribute that much depth to Gator. Um, he's about as deep to me as, you know, um, the Slim Jim rapper <laughs> in, in, left in the box of empty box of evidence. Like he, he just seems very superficial. Like my dad is in charge of all of the things like, you know, I am the heir apparent and I'm going to do whatever I want. So I, I don't really, I mean, I, I think that the show is hinting a little bit at, at that when they have him um, like kind of psyching himself up to like the I'm a winner. music. I'm a winner. Saying, I'm, I'm a, a winner, winner over and over again. Um, but I, I just don't think he gets that deep, honestly. I, so I think he's really interesting as a, as a character. He's, he's definitely not like the most intriguing character on the show. I definitely feel Agreed. like there are, there are tears to me of, of really interesting to, to, kind of interesting and he's sort of in that second tier for me i do i do i mean there's been a lot of television obviously over the last little while that's about you know whether or not uh a father <laughs> is the, his influence over his children um whether or not they can succeed him it's been a very common theme over the last uh a few years um i i love coming of age films and that's mostly because i love the idea this idea that he's that that noah holly is spouting is this idea that in a different circumstance gator is is not as awful as he is. And mm. what I think is, can be really interesting about coming of age films is like, what's that line between who you are and what society makes you that nature versus nurture uh, aspect. And it feels like the problem here probably is that, uh, and, and where we probably think Noah Hawley is being very generous to Gator is that Gator's probably a little bit too old for us to be like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And like, obviously, yes, he is influenced in, in what he is doing because of his, his father. And the other piece to that is that like, he knows that this is a man who you can't really, you, you can't really, you know, go against he, he that potentially results in your actual death, uh, being being the thing as opposed to like in a more normal family. If you like are like, I'm not doing what you want, Dad. The stakes are not as high. Mm -hmm. Um, but alas, I, I think that yeah, it, it is hard at this moment to to see him in in that vein. Although I don't know that we've seen Gator in a particularly you know 
tough situation and what and what he actually how he actually acts in that situation. He tries to kill Munch and that goes twice. <laughs> yeah, arrive. Or no, once, once, and then he gets the drop on him. <laughs> and then and then he finds the body, right? He like finds the but he was not like involved as it's happening. And so the interesting thing is like we're setting up into the next episode, which is him leading a home invasion with guys that they can trust, is what does it actually look like when Gator is like in the thick of it? And I think that will be uh potentially the most interesting litmus test of, of gator as an individual i think is like can he can't is is he going to be like old munch was we're just like a ruthless killer during the scene or is he much like the other guy who gets his head set on fire no, well i think he'll fail but i don't think he'll do it in the way of like oh gosh darn it i just don't have the heart to kill this guy is incredibly incompetent and <laughs> what's so interesting is that i saw some people do a little bit of like ticky tack uh you know uh plot hole stuff with okay, how did Gator erase the photo of Dot? Technically, when you erase photos on smartphones nowadays, it goes to like a deleted folder that purges it after 30 days so she could get it Whatever. back. But yeah. look at the fact that in this very episode, Indira is like, fills up the plot hole by being like, oh, sorry, it got deleted this time. Let me just send it to you again yeah. with the next day, which to me at least is a symbol of just how Gator is bad at what he does. And I don't think it's from the angle of like, well, his heart isn't in it. He doesn't want to be evil. I think right now, honestly, no offense to Noah Hawley, I think he's kind of trying to conduct a concerto of recorders of like, I've tried to make something very deep and meaningful out of a character that was psyching himself up. Yes, but it was in a room with posters of like all these pinup models and Michael Myers. And it was just like textbook toxic male to me i could see some introspection that maybe comes through eventually when we get to know his relationship with his dad more about again like the culture he's brought up under especially since we get to see more and more that like roy tillman has an actual cult and that he's incredibly sheltered from that perspective doesn't know any better at the same time i kind of take this guy at face value which is uh not only one of these lunkies albeit one in a higher position but like a bad actor at that, to the point where, LT, something we find out from Wit's research is that Gator thinks he's super slick by deleting evidence and confiscating it, but it's gotten him in trouble at least once before. Yeah. I mean, Gator is the worst. I, I think that we can admit that. Like, I, I disagree that we don't know how he's going to hold up in a pressure situation because we saw him in a pressure, pressure situation mm -hmm. when he tried to kill the Sin Eater. And it didn't work. And he screamed like a little bitch. So I can only imagine that acting like a little bitch is how he's going to be in all of these pressure situations. I think that he's just a sheltered little boy who happens to have a badge and power in the town where he lives because his dad is in charge. Mm. So let's yeah. move uh, from the son to the father because we do get a bit more insight into Roy I say with ellipses afterwards. I mean, LT, let's go back to the question I asked earlier. Because here's Roy Tillman. He's not into role play night right now with his current wife. Instead, he's thinking about an old one. And again, the way it was told to us cinematography-wise, it was that he's looking up at the ceiling in his feels. And it's almost like he can see where she is the end of episode two. How much are we taking this at face value? Yeah, I, this is the kind of thing that more so than the 500 years ago stuff that makes me wonder about like what Noah Hawley is trying to tell us. Uh, like, is he, does he have some type of supernatural link to his ex-wives or 
the the people who escape him. Um, he, I mean, we do get the link between the two of them, and then we get that eerie phone call that happens as well in this episode. So I I am endorsing all of the most ridiculous ideas in this podcast. <laughs> I would be happy to say that they do have some type of cosmic cosmic link, and that's what's made their kind of game of cat and mouse. And it's up to the viewer to decide which, you know, role is which. Um, that's what's kind of made their game of cat and mouse so interesting and something that Roy has clearly obsessed about for years. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Listen, I love you supporting Wackadoo Theories because I have some. Uh, because I think there's got to be something there. Why the hell not? If we have a 500-year-old man, mm-hmm. then sure, Roy Tillman, and perhaps the reason why he has such a hold over his community, over his guys, over this, maybe he has special powers as well. Could we be seeing like a David Tennant, Jessica Jones situation where he has some sort of like mental abilities that are a bit supernatural where he is going to exact influence over people and be able to keep tabs on them Cerebro style? 
I mean, that would explain how he's been able to take over this town, essentially, um, and, and amass this army of followers. Yeah. Everything about this is very, like, right-wing and terrifying to me. <laughs> well, yeah, so I have a few questions uh, because of the various little glimpses we get into Roy's life. So we see him come home. There's this guy, Odin. I'm trying to figure out, because... Like, his wife said daddy's home, and I guess we find out later that that's her pet name for him, which, again, yeah. is super-duper creepy. I mean, yeah. what a Don Draper move, right, LT, <laughs> that, like, he has this incredibly much younger wife that only refers to him as daddy. Yeah, just have several wives, and they progressively get younger and younger every that's time That's the you thing about them. wives. I get older, they stay the same. <laughs> exactly. But this guy, Odin, so yeah, I thought initially it was her dad. It was another, like, Lorraine Wade. I think Wade it is her dad. You think it is? Yeah. But either way, this guy is, like, textbook right-wing conspiracy theorist, right? And, like, he's alluding to perhaps some sort of possible insurrection. I don't think yeah. it'll be the insurrection, but, like, he's trying to amass weaponry for something. He's talking about 1776 and, and it's just like, you know, we can't, essentially we can't take back the country with hugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all very, uh, like, it's terrifying because it's so of the moment and where we are. And you just kind of imagine all of these like militias that form in places that are like essentially flyover states that people d- don't pay as much attention to. And how, you know, a group like that can nearly overthrow the government. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's just really interesting to watch how it factors into everything that Roy has going on. And, and it gives you an idea of what type of person he is. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, you know, now we know he has daughters via this youngest wife. We obviously know Gator is one of his sons. Uh, we know that Dot, I don't think, produced children with him. But still, like, he is very much personally spreading out this family tree as mm-hmm. much as he can. And so we talk about the seed is strong. Like, it seems like this guy is partially trying to exude his influence over a community by just, like, sleeping with as many people as well and bringing them into his home to be like, great, you are mine now. Yeah, um, you know, taking over families one woman at a time, essentially. Yeah. Um, he he does seem to have a bunch of sister wives. Um, and it it would be interesting if he ended up at a different house every episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's weird to see um, uh, Rebecca Lidard, I think is her name, playing mm. his wife Karen, um, because. It, First of all, the calling him daddy, the like being incredibly deferential, and then just like which form of woman would you like to punish tonight, essentially? Yeah, very odd of like, hey, let's have fun tonight, honey. Who do you want to lord over? What fiction should we play out? Yeah. Angry feminist was one, so... Yeah, and also, look, we're talking about uh, the the Kubrick of it all. I mean, I, we saw twins in the last episode, twin girls. You think we're going to have them holding hands, standing down the hallway at some point? I hope so, and I hope there's an entire elevator of blood that comes rushing out as well. It really is metaphoric, I think. That's what Lorraine is referring to, basically. So I also have questions about, you know, Roy barely spends any time at home. We see him gone for the night. He's sitting in a church mm-hmm. and from what i could see when he calls dot i don't see a phone 
against his ear. Me either. So is he just on speakerphone within this church where he's just like letting it out into the annals of, you know, the pews and it's able to be communicated to her? Again, what the hell is going on between these two? <laughs> I I will give them the benefit of the doubt since we actually saw Dot pick up the phone and say that maybe he had the phone on speaker and it was just like in his lap or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that phone call was so creepy and so eerie. Like that sing songy tone um, combined with just like the menace that's coming off the other, other end of the phone um, as she's dressed up to go do battle with zombies. It's just, it's such a good, like the call is coming from inside the house kind of moment. Yeah, or like in another state. I guess, is that the most unrealistic thing about Fargo season five? Isn't the 500-year-old man Mm -hmm. or the goat blood? It's that they still have a landline in the year 2019. Yeah. Um, I I will say that I lived, like I was with my grandmother, like helping her for a very long time. And she insisted on having a landline. Mm. So we had a landline like way, way later than most people. It's Mm. a very Midwestern thing too. What did you make about the reveal of Dot's, quote, true name as Nadine? Because I've been trying to figure out, okay, she's clearly very wise in terms Mm -hmm. of Dot as to how to make her way out of these very specific situations. And I was weighing back and forth going into this week as to, was this a witness protection situation? Or was she somehow able to, like, obscure her identity? I feel like that's harder to do in 2019, but if there's any character that could pull it off, it'd be her. I think it's her because if it was a witness protection type situation, then she would be calling, like contacting someone that would mm-hmm. have her back here. Uh, she's going it all alone and and just ready to take on an army of people. Um, it, it's the first time that I've ever been upset that there's a mandatory waiting period for someone to get firearms. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like she clearly is be- very familiar with weapons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know. I, I don't know what you pick up being married to someone like Roy Tillman. Yeah, I have to imagine he's very much the like for your safety person and just voluminously describes every single thing. Or again, she's very astute. She could have just picked this up mm-hmm. for however long they've been married. I will say, yeah, the trip to Gunworld was the funniest scene of the episode to mm-hmm. me in so many ways. First that the name was Gunworld. Uh, of course, I would imagine the clerk having to be a pirate every year because of the unfortunate <laughs> hunting accident. There's not a lot of like eye patch conducive costumes to wear. A lot of eye patch conducive costumes in this show, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's the second one. Yeah, that's very true. But a very fun scene as Wayne continues to be like, the the you know uh sweet souled uh poor sap straight man to all this as she's racking up a bill of five thousand dollars <laughs> of guns and ammunition. Listen, they need a home defense solution, you know, um, and they're looking for stopping power, or at least she is. So, um, I I think also like I'm always wary of when her husband is like, oh my gosh, that's so much. It's like, dude, you have so much money. Yeah. Just buy her $5,000 worth of weapons. Well, that's what Lorraine said a couple episodes ago, right? Of like, you don't need to worry about money. You have the trust. But yeah. I think he's probably a, a person, again, this is perhaps a bit uh, Gator Naval peering of like, maybe we're looking too much into a kind of one note character. But I would imagine that Wayne's perspective is like, he wants to feel like he doesn't have to rely on it or need it, mm-hmm. especially since he did seemingly step out from his mother's wishes and marry Dot. And it would feel a certain way for him to like come crawling back to mommy and be like, 
yeah, you were right. Can I have $5,000 to <laughs> stock my house with as many specific guns as possible? Yeah, that's fair. Um, that makes sense. Any Anything to take away from the Lions this week? They get uh, not so much the Lions' share of the focus here. I did like, I wish we could have seen the witch bear costumes that Scotty <laughs> wanted to wear. Yeah, uh, I would like to know whether they were witches that became bears or bears that became witches. I mean, I guess if we're going with like old munch flashback standards, they would be bears that became witches. That okay. Bears happened to find their way into a coven and became witches after the fact. I think that's more appealing to me than like, brave style witches that got turned into bears listen I, I would watch either movie oh yeah absolutely so i guess we have to look ahead as to what comes next here and the most pressing issue is our dual home invasion i'm gonna go out and maybe not so shaky of a limb and say that i don't think they'll have the same outcome i guess the question is like how pear-shaped will it go for both of them Let's start for the one that involves more people as, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm just looking at pop culture LT, but I'm saying Gator and a bunch of red shirts go into somebody's house. I have a feeling the red shirts are not going to do very well. I'm very excited about these people in Halloween costumes getting knocked off next week. Yeah, though I am worried that now we have Wayne and Scotty there as well. I don't think they're going to die because mm -hmm. we're still a bit early in the season for like major blood to be shed, but they could exact a pretty deadly toll considering it's not just Dottie here having to fend herself off. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see like what roles each of them takes in in this whole thing. Like I suspect that the husband will just cry probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> um I can see Scotty really stepping up and and helping out her mom. Mm. If I'll make a bold prediction, I do think Wayne will kill somebody. Oh. I think this will be his first taste of blood. I think he won't be happy about it, and maybe he'll do it a bit accidentally, where he's like just attempting to intimidate them. I'd be like, oh, don't come any closer, or I'll shoot you. I don't know the name of this thing. And then like it accidentally goes off in his hand, and one of the goons dressed up like the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> dies. Uh, I could see that as a way to just drag him into all of this. I mean, the interesting thing is that we had Dot try to peddle this kind of bullshit narrative for episodes two and three. That's all got to be gone, right? Like, how do you explain this without telling the whole story? Yeah, she's going to have to come clean, I think, at some point soon and uh, have to explain herself in a lot of different ways. Like, how do you know how to do any of this? Like, you know, we see that she's got the house armed and ready to go, which is something that I don't think they're, they think, that they're walking into mm -hmm. um but but yeah she's gonna have to explain why this is the second kidnapping attempt on her yeah i am really intrigued as to how obviously gator is bringing twice as many men as munch and danny ireland did uh and so he probably is preparing himself for something larger but at the same time given what gator has learned from his father i still think he's coming in from a certain respect of like she's just a housewife she's yeah. not a tiger it's going to be fine. We'll capture them easily. He even said it, I think, in the second episode, like, she weighs 98 pounds soaking wet. Like, he is definitely the type of, like, red pill person to completely um, underestimate a woman. Because I mean, that's, we saw how his father, like, views women. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's been taught. Yeah, I'm going to 
come up with another shot in the dark, which is maybe the way Wayne's going to kill one of these goons, guess. Uh, I will say that Gator will not die, but he will get kidnapped by the Lion family because I think Dot will try to get information out of him and now maybe use this as a way to, like, torture Roy in a manner of speaking. If they're using their Harry Potter shared scar connection of being like, <laughs> hey, look what I have. You can't yeah. come at me that easily. That would be great. Uh, see, when I watch these shows, I don't come up with theories. I love it when people actually come up with theories. Uh, I think it would be great to see what he's like in a hostage situation. Yeah, because like he's too proud, quite literally a proud boy, I think, to like mm-hmm. be putty in her hands. But at the same time, he won't have a leg to stand on. Just because like I'm trying to imagine what the rest of his character would be if he does inevitably fail. That's three strikes, basically. Granted, two are with old Munch and one was with her, but like he can't go back to Roy after this. Roy said, I believe in you. You're not a loser. I trust you. Gator psyched himself up for no good reason if this ends up going in a bad direction. And so I think it would be fun, at least for a couple of episodes, to like explore this. And even, and especially if Holly's perspective is like, well, when he's out of his environment, he's actually not so bad a guy. Let's keep him out of his environment for a sustained period of time. Right. And your theory makes sense because I think the only way he could go back to his dad was if he got kidnapped. Yeah. So uh, let's look at the other home invasion. You know, Roy is probably going to take a little while to find out what happened to his son because he's dealing with a much larger circumstance and arguably the much scarier one, considering we saw what old Munch was capable of. Uh, Granted, you know, Dottie certainly put up a fight and nearly chopped his ear off, but still... This dude is menacing, especially when maybe imbued with the power of his ancestors after performing a pagan ritual. How do you expect this will go with much more no-name characters as the victims? Yeah, I I always wonder if a show is ready to kill children, you know? Mm. Like, do they go that far? Um, but they're Roy's kids, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, that was... A big holding point during a climactic period of Fargo season four was that they exchanged children and they had done almost like a Shakespearean fake out death of, oh, I had killed this child. Oh, no, you didn't. That drove, you know, the gang leaders to do very extreme respective things. I don't know. I feel like that would be sort of like a a line you can't uncross. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Noah Hawley would go that far. I think Karen might die. I I think, think, yeah, maybe he just kills the wife. Yeah, I think he would kill the wife and then maybe Roy steps in. I mean, I don't know how far that church was from the house. For all we know, this could be like an, you know, on compound church and Roy just needs to take a hop, skip and a jump to defend himself. But this will be interesting as well because Roy has not come across Old Munch, really. They had that conversation, but the ones we've usually seen Old Munch squaring off against were Dot, were Wit, and with Gator. I think Roy talks a big game, but I'll be intrigued to see like how much power he will be able to exact. Yeah. It looks like an on compound church, just the way that it's built. It, mm-hmm. it looks like something that would be on the comp. And I, I wouldn't put pa- past this man having a church on his compound. Um, so maybe he doesn't have very far to go, but yeah, I, I would be interested to see like, the unstoppable object meeting the immovable force in terms of those two characters and and what comes of that. 
Uh, last thing, I guess, a loose end that we haven't necessarily talked about, though, again, the show didn't really dote on it or dot on it either, was our two police officer characters. Indira's going to have this one scene where, again, Lorraine's going to give the big speech, uh, Logan Roy style, about how you have no power here. Wit is going to uh, basically watch Gator single-handedly get away with absconding with evidence and basically get threatened by him. These, they both kind of wind up, you know, on their backs by the end of this episode. But again, given how we usually get these characters personified in Fargo, I got to imagine LT, at least next episode, no matter what capacity they appear in, they're going to come back roaring a little bit. I think so, especially Indira. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pissed <laughs> um, and, and when she left uh, Lorraine's house. Um, I could not get over Lorraine saying what and why to her. Um <laughs> just a ridiculous characterization. Um, But yeah, I think that inevitably they'll both get called in for whatever is the big melee that happens at Dot's house. Yes, that's a good point. I think that this would be any excuse to bring her in again. And I think all these plot points might converge where it's like, okay, we finally have kind of got her on another incident so we can finally question her about it. Because yeah, Wit's been a little ancillary since the Mm -hmm. events at the end of the first episode and i would imagine this would be a way to bring him back into everything though i don't know if he's doing some research on gator i'm not sure what you can do it's a little bit like the lorraine situation where just like roy's in such a powerful position with his jurisdiction that you can't really take a shot at the king let alone the prince but it seems like we're being led to believe something is building there Something is brewing. I just, I'm not sure what it is. I mean, not even the, even the FBI is having a difficult time with this guy. Yeah, exactly. And now you have Danish using his like CIA contacts Mm -hmm. to try to look into dot herself. So I imagine episode five or six, because episode four is going to be the big brouhaha at these two houses. Episode five or six is when dot will get brought in. And I think that's when we'll get like, I imagine a bit of an expo dump as to, some of the stuff she was doing before and perhaps how she made her way to Minnesota. But either way, I'm enjoying the journey so far. There's a lot to question, not a lot that we know, a lot of unknowns, but the unknowns to Grace's earlier point are captivating enough that I am just having a really great time getting to chew it all over with you and Grace. It's really good. Um, very enthralling and I'm loving the storytelling choices that are happening. So I'm, and, and the acting is really great. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what develops in the next several episodes. Same, same. So next week we'll be back covering episode four of season five of Fargo. In the meantime, LT, what do you have going on? Not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> you can follow me, though, um, at LK Starks on Twitter or at Stormborn1222 on Instagram if you want to see what I'll be doing next. And you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type, of course, on Post Show Recaps. I'm covering Battlestar Galactica with Josh Wiggler. Just finished a big two-parter there. And doing my usual ish with reality TV over on Rob Has a Podcast as well as Parade.com. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have your own theories, of course, there is plenty of room to make suppositions from both a plot perspective and a 
who the hell is old munch perspective you can reach out to us especially if you're a patron of post show recaps you can become one at pa- at postshowrecaps.com slash patron you get access to our exclusive discord where you're gonna have to knock knock on the door and for the low low price of ten dollars you can open the door like old munch and make your way in where there's plenty of discussion happening about fargo as well as all the other shows we are covering and beyond as we start to wrap up this year that was 2023 let us know your thoughts about this episode we record these again wednesdays thursdays so you have a bit of time after the episode drops late on tuesdays lt fantastic work as usual as with grace as well apologies for people who are watching the video or listening to the audio version of this podcast and realize that grace's voice Mm -hmm. has been uh silent for the past little bit like when old munch was first introduced she had to get called away on an emergency Uh, everything's okay she just unfortunately could not finish the podcast but she'll be back next week i will not i will uh, unfortunately be away on my own business but lt and grace will hold down the fort as dot and karen and their respective families will attempt to hold down the fort as well until then and next week thank you all again so much for listening take care bye bye Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.